0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
1: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN ESPNU, your podcast, your smart speaker. You can hear us on the app. Click more lower right-hand corner, scroll down or live radio. We will be there. Well, Hal Steinbrenner, you're cheap. You run the Yankees like a generic big market team. They haven't been in the World Series since 2009. A whole generation of kids growing up, never seen them in the World Series, and you get what you deserve. Buster Olney, ESPN MLB insider and host of Baseball Tonight podcast with us now. Good morning, Buster.
2: What's going on, Max? Are you and uh, you know Key now sort of joined in misery, postseason misery, now that your no. teams have been knocked out?
1: No, Key's won the World Series recently.
3: I've been waiting since '09, Buster, I'm a Mets fan, so, yes, they are, they are both in misery with me.
2: Oh, it is a brilliant you, yes. you guys are sharing in, in, uh, in, in all the ugliness this October. Mm-hmm. Buster. At <laughs>
4: least, we, least we won a game.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah.
4: Although, yeah, you won a game in the previous
1: round. We won enough games to get to this round. Can you don't start with that? Listen, Buster, what was the biggest problem with the Yankees in this series?
2: Uh, the biggest problem was the use of Astros. And I know Yankee fans are not going to want to hear that, but by the time we got to this round, the Astros were a much better team. Uh, the pitching, there was an enormous difference between these teams in terms of what was capable. Um, and, you know, in this postseason, we've seen Jordan Alvarez, uh, I, I think, uh, demonstrate to everybody he's arguably the best left-handed hitter in baseball, Alex Bregman. Uh, As teams began to work around Alvarez, he began to take advantage. So the Astros, to me, are the prohibitive favorites. You know, they were the prohibitive favorites to get the American League, and they're the prohibitive favorites to to win the World Series. I think the dominance that we saw in the American League Championship Series reflects the current differences between these two teams. The Yankees' offense, by the time we got to uh, this round, you know, whether it was because of lack of performance, you know, Josh Donaldson, was a mess in the postseason, whether it was injuries, whether it was young players being asked to do fill-in roles that they're not ready for. Uh, it was just an enormous difference between these clubs.
4: Buster, how much of Jared, uh, Jared, Aaron Judge's regular season is getting lost in this Yankee sweep moment?
2: Well, I, I mean, look, he didn't play well either. Uh, and he is not hit during the postseason. The fact that he you know, uh, was not drawing walks uh, during these playoff games. I think demonstrates that he was feeling the pressure. You know, expanding the strike zone a little bit, feeling like he needed to do too much. But key, once we go into negotiations, I, I don't think the postseason or the you know what happened in the postseason is going to overshadow what he did during the regular season. He's going to get paid in a big way, and I really believe you know how Steinbrenner is going to pay a price for. Uh, what Yankee fans perceive as Max has has mentioned, you know, postseason failure over and over and over again, which is why I think he's going to be pushed to an uncomfortable place in these judge negotiations.
3: I was going to say, Buster, what's that mean for people like Aaron Boone? Uh, You think, you know, is he going to be around next year? Do you see judge actually accepting a deal or could he be a giant next year? Like ultimately, what do you think happens to this makeup of this team this year?
2: Yeah, and, and Jay, look, there's a lot of scrutiny on Boone. You know, he made a especially relief decision uh, in the, the third game of the series that uh, even he seemed to acknowledge, you know, may have been a mistake when he replaced Garrett Cole uh, with uh, some reliever other than Jonathan Loaisiga, who might have been the best moment in that spot. But, and let's face it, if George Steinbrenner was the owner of the team, he probably already would have fired the manager after the game last night. That's not really Hal Steinbrenner's role. Uh, you know, that's not how he works. And they just signed Boone to a three-year extension last offseason. I think they'll keep him. I think the price that Hal's going to pay will be extricated in the judge negotiations, where, you know, they felt like in the spring, look, we're going to stand on this seven-year, $213.5 million offer, $30.5 million, which they felt was fair because they were making him the second-highest-paid position player. I I think in these negotiations, they're essentially going to have to wave the white flag, go to judge, blank check. Look, we're going to make you the highest paid position player. We're going to pay more than Mike Trout, who makes $36 million a year. We're going to give you an eighth year, but we're going to make sure that we get it done. I can tell you this, folks with other teams absolutely believe that Judge is going to go back to the Yankees. And they believe that the Yankees will not let him get away, especially given the needs of this moment for the owner.
4: Buster, only ESPN baseball insider, host of the Baseball Tonight, uh, join us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Buster, when you look at the Philadelphia Phillies and, and Bryce Harper, who you mentioned Mike Trout, who is by many standards the best player in baseball, whatever that means to me, means nothing because he hasn't gone to a World Series title. Bryce Harper comes over from Washington several years yeah. ago, and now they've cashed in and they're headed to the World Series. How much of that played into the way that they built this team around him, so to speak, to get to this moment, even though the Padres did nothing but waste the Dodgers' time? Dodgers could have did that. <laughs>
5: and, again, I gotta
2: tell you, you know, they've got a lot of great offensive players. You know, Kyle Schwarber was a great pickup. He really uh, carried the team for a time after Harper got hurt midseason. Nick Castellanos, terrific player. JT Real Muto is a terrific player. But we saw in this series that Bryce Harper is the centerpiece. He's exactly what they thought they were paying for. And it was interesting because, you know, when he signed with the, the, the Phillies, there was a you know, question in baseball. Would he have rather played with the Dodgers? Would he rather play with the Yankees? And what you heard from Phillies people right away was, this guy is completely embracing our team and our city. He's doing everything we ask. He's doing every inter- interview request we throw at him, every TV spot. We felt that at ESPN on Sunday Night Baseball. Anytime we asked Bryce, hey, can you wear a mic? Can you do this side interview? He did it every time. Uh, and, and you could see how you know he's gravitated toward the city. The city's gravitated toward him. He energized that team in this series. And it was a leader of a, what we expected to be a terrific offense. The biggest surprise, I think, in this series was how great this bullpen has been for the Phillies. Because they only ranked but 23rd in the ERA out of 30 teams during the regular season. Uh, with classic reliever volatility, they've stepped up at big moments and, and outperformed, I think, anybody's expectations.
1: Buster Olney, Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Buster, I need to get back to my Yankees. I'm very upset <laughs> about a number of things. And I want to know if this is mainly Cashman. Being a good but not the best GM in baseball. There's no excuse not to be the best GM if you're the Yankees GM. Or Hal Steinbrenner simply being cheap. But I look at Verlander. We could talk about Carlos Correa or whatever. I look at Verlander in particular. In 2017, Cashman didn't want to part with the treasure it would have taken in terms of prospects to land Verlander. Verlander went to the Astros and beat us like a drum. And then he had another shot at Verlander coming off Tommy John's surgery just for the cash. He didn't even have to give anything up, just the cash. They, Yankees offer 25. Astros guarantee two years at 25, so 50. Verlander goes back to the Astros, goes back to beating us like a drum, Largely because of Verlander. Like, have Verlander switch teams and maybe the Yankees win a couple World Series, right? They get by the Astros a couple times. How did they blow it twice? They didn't learn their lesson the first time? They let them get away again? Is that Hal Steinbrenner being cheap or is that Brian Cashman lacking competence? Which one?
2: I think it's the Yankees. Uh, using risk management, a phrase that you as a Yankees fan, Mac, you didn't even think about that with George Steinbrenner being the owner. It was cost be damned, right? Uh, It was, I want that player, and I don't really care what happens. And there are myriad stories along those lines. I think, uh, you know, since Hal Steinbrenner's taken over, he's been very careful with his bottom line. There have been years, as you know, in which they've gone under the luxury tax threshold to reset, uh, you know, to gain some other financial advantages. That's not something that George worried about. And so in the Verlander case, uh, you know, in the case of other players pursuing, you know, guys like Bryce Harper, they did worry about the cost. They were concerned about the bottom line. And, and, you know, that to me is, is how this team has changed in the way that it operates. It doesn't mean they don't spend a lot of money. I mean, shoot, other teams would tell you, you know, this is a team that every year the Yankees are among the top teams in payroll, but... They don't blow through the luxury tax threshold, and that's how Steinbrenner's decision.
1: Yeah, it's a generic big market team. It's not the Yankees anymore, which is why Bryce Harper's not a Yankee, Verlander's not a Yankee. Like it doesn't matter how many times it happens. Cashman's great buster at finding the bargain athletic outfielder coming off a, a bad year. Like Curtis Granderson, Nick Swisher, Harrison Bader, and getting that guy. But that's not what wins the World Series, right? Like, where's the ace at the top of the rotation? They waited too long, and then they got Garrett Cole anyway. I could go on and on, Buster. No, I'm very please upset. Don't. Very <laughs> upset. <Please don't. laughs> I'm very upset about this. I, I, you know, The road to Buster only, ladies and gentlemen, ESPN, MLB insider, and host of Baseball Tonight podcast. Thank you, as always, Buster. Thanks, Buster. Hang in there, Max. You know, enjoy your therapy <laughs> session. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> the road to the World Series championship goes through ESPN radio and apparently the Houston Astros every year. Catch all the postseason action presented by AutoZone on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
6: The New York Giants are a good football team. I think that is the biggest difference in this team. Brian Dayball has them believing, and they execute. Takes the snap, back to throw, steps up, fires it to the end zone, it's caught at the one-yard line, Giants stand him up, he's not in, holy cow! And the ball game is over.
7: I think we all want to be in the pressure situation where you have to deliver, and we've uh, done a good job of doing that.
8: Jones keeps it. Pushes into the line. Touchdown, Giants. Good
7: to get a win. We made it tougher than we needed to, but good to be 6-1. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Remember when Nas dropped this? New York state of mind. Woo. You know what got me? Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. ESPN app. He said, in the building lobby, it's filled with children probably couldn't see as high as I be. That was like 20-something years ago. Nas dropped and said, uh-oh, here we go. Here we go, new sheriff in
4: town. All right. That's
1: He'd be right. looking
3: at you so strange.
1: He doesn't remember when the, you don't remember when this song dropped?
4: He's, I, he's I'm more man. worried about the Giants and the Jaguars than I am about Nas in something that dropped 30 years ago. Well, that's your tough, problem.
1: It is a tough beat, though. I'm with you. Yeah. All right. The Giants beat the Jags. In fact, 23-17 for their fourth straight win, in spite of the refs doing their best with phantom calls on <laughs> hands to the face and stuff to give Trevor Lawrence every shot he needed at the end zone. That defense—I had to go to the—I I almost went to the hospital after that one. I was on pins and needles. I felt nauseated at the at the exhilarated, exhausted at the end of that regular season game that the Giants held on to win. Here's Brian Dable, Giants head coach, at the post game presser.
7: Everybody knows we have Saquon, so it's it's sled, you know, tough sled nearly. I thought Kafka did a great job coming out throwing, um, moved the ball down, scored on that first drive, kept him honest. It's you know, it's never going to be pretty. There's usually going to be stacked boxes, and it might be one or two, and you know, as long as we keep doing it. But with the added element of I'd say Daniel today, which what he have over 100 yards, I think, and then through for 200 or whatever. Yeah, I mean. Played good again, played, you know, really the way we need him to play.
1: So listen, Key, uh, Saquon, the offense runs through him, but to, but Daniel Jones has been more than a game manager. Uh, he has not only avoided the losses, he has contributed mightily to the wins with his arms, with his legs, with his decision-making. Are they, Is it fair to say now that the Giants are winning –
4: because of Daniel Jones, not just not losing because of him, Kate? Yeah, it's fair to say that, but it was fair to say that a couple weeks ago um, because he's not losing the games. He's not doing the things that he has done in the past, turning the football over at record pace and and throwing it to the other team and throwing it out of bounds or or whatever the case may be. Here's a quarterback that has fallen into – a system that Brian Dable has brought. Although Brian Dable doesn't call the plays, he's still involved in game planning and the decisions when plays are called at times. So when you got a quarterback that can do what he's able to do and be 19 to 30 for 200 yards, a little bit of a touchdown, and there's that one-yard plunge that I talk about. There's 100 yards on the ground that he won't run for 100 every week, but he will certainly contribute to what Saquon Barkley is doing in the running game. And if you can get that recipe, you're going to have a lot
3: of success. I'm going to go ahead and say this, man. Pay Saquon Barkley, pay Daniel Jones. Yeah. Keep those two on this team moving forward. I know that the history probably doesn't bode well to pay running backs, but those two guys combined for 217 yards, rushing yards, over 236 rushing yards total, right? Like they are the offense, and players can make, and that's why I call Daniel Jones this year is the first time I've ever heard myself call this man this. It's like a poor version of Josh Allen. Like he tries to truck people over, he can create plays with his feet. He's not turning the ball over. He's playing to that degree, and, and those are the two sole reasons why the Giants are now six yeah,
1: and one. I've called him a poor man's Lamar Jackson, but no one likes it because I guess the optics. I don't know, and, but but I'll tell you what he is fast. He is he can he can drop that. He can drop dimes like Danny Dimes since that first preseason. He's turning into a very good
4: yeah, NFL slow down quarterback with all the Danny Dime stuff. Let, just let him, he, just let him continue to keep growing. No nicknames, please. Well,
1: look, well I hear what you're saying, except well, he already has that one. But they need to see him with a with a top he, flight receiver now. Like, let's see Nichols, what he looks like, Key. Let's Danny see Danny Nichols if he
4: keeps it any. up. Let's <laughs> yeah, see,
1: <you> <laughs> let's see what he looks like with a top <laughs> flight quarterback and a ter- uh, 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 wide receiver. And and in terms of paying these guys. Daniel Jones, I had an offer I told you a couple weeks ago. $3.75, Danny. You want to sign that now? Saquon, you have to pay now. And, Key, the reason I think you have I think to you, pay I think
4: him, you, I think you have to explore both of those as options on their contracts. Just because it's not that Daniel Jones is going to get money out in the open market because he probably won't get a significant amount. Uh, it's probably best for the Giants to keep what they already have, who's growing, who's in the system, who's doing well. Why disrupt that and try to go get something new and shiny or whatever? Because he's better. He's better now than a quarterback that they would draft in college. And then in terms of free agent court QBs, I don't know the free agent landscape, but like if you're not getting Aaron Rodgers in a trade or, you know, and you got to pay money and give up picks and do all of that. Like, what are you going after? What other quarterbacks but there are, are two available? Separate,
1: there are two separate issues. One, which you just addressed with Daniel Jones, the question is, can you win a Super Bowl with that quarterback? That's why I want to see him with an alpha receiver. Let's see what he can be. Mm-hmm. The second thing is paying Saquon. The reason you have to pay Saquon to me, even if it winds up being a mistake in terms of running back production, you know, as the years go on, you, in, in the NFL... When a guy's doing what Saquon's doing, the team has to see you reward that. I don't think you can, for the culture of the team,
3: you cannot reward what Saquon is doing. And Max, you mentioned culture. There's, for the first time in a long time, there's an identity with this team, right? Like, you know what kind of effort, like even Kayvon Thibodeau after the game, like this team being 6 and 1, they still feel disrespected. Mm-hmm. They still feel like nobody actually gives them the credit that they deserve, right? That's why he says, hey, if you have issues, F them. That's what he's he, – literally, right there, F them mm-hmm. to everybody that casts a doubt on this team. So I'm with you. You're going to do it to a certain degree. Why are you raising your hand, Key? Because I want
4: the professor, Max Kellerman, to call on me. Yes,
3: Keyshawn. Would you pay
4: Christian McCaffrey? McCaffrey just got there, and he's already no, been paid. No, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, would you have would, – okay, would you have traded – to get McCaffrey if you were the 49ers. They mm-hmm. gave up a lot to get him. So essentially, they're paying for that. Right. So you 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 talk about Saquon Barkley, you gotta pay Saquon Barkley. And remember at the beginning of the year, oh well, if we we trade him, we're only gonna get a third and a fourth round pick, we're not getting much. You see what they just got for Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. who's essentially been hurt as much as Saquon. Yep. So it's like you know this whole notion you don't pay running backs you don't pay running backs Well, the San Francisco 49ers just paid Christian McCaffrey well except that a lot of that money's already
1: in draft picks yes spending yeah, draft, draft picks, picks spending draft picks you can do spending the
4: cash is where teams feel like they get yeah, in trouble yeah but if you but if you given up a 2 or 3 or 4 and a 5 you're a setting your franchise back but, if but it doesn't pan out, it's just like paying somebody any money. The difference is when a lot of the money's already been paid,
1: the draft picks are for a team that's like, all we need is to get this dude over the next season or two. We got it. When you pay a dude cash, what you're saying is, we need him to keep this up for three, four more years. Who knows, With the, given the nature of the position, how long he can keep it up. My point is you've got to pay him or it's kind of a morale killer for the team. Look what this dude is doing. You've got to reward that kind of production.
4: He, he's, he, he's they're, they're going to pay him. I don't know what that number is going to be, if it's going to be at the top of the market, the middle of the market, or slightly below the market. I, I don't know, but he's going to get a new contract with the Giants because they have no other oppor- no other choice but to pay Saquon. They really don't have another choice but to pay Daniel Jones, to be honest with you.
3: yeah. I mean, do we still think they're going to try to go out and, and, and get another wide receiver? There's I,
4: nobody available. That's, I, I, I really know, that's though. what I'm
3: saying, Key, Like, my point was going to be that I kind of like the roster makeup of this team right now. Like, I still don't have expectations that this team is going to win the Super Bowl, do you? No. But being did you com- have
4: did you have expectations the two times they went 97 and
3: won the Super Bowl? No,
1: no but I, I I did not. Well, the I, second the- time, yes, I had some expectations because I'd seen it happen a couple years before, but the first time I did not.
3: But also, like, I'm a realist, and that was a miraculous run. Yep. The first one yeah, was a but mi- you, miraculous run. Yeah, but that's what Super Bowl run. teams do. They go on a m- miraculous uh, run. Are you saying that the Giants have the ability to create a miraculous run? They've, so far,
4: they've shown that you've go, they've gone on a, a miraculous run. A miraculous run. Miraculous, miraculous. run the regular <laughs> season,
3: yeah. Different than Yeah, Ola, I'll
4: say this. But the growth. If yeah. you grow you and are- you continue to, to get better and believe by the time you get, look, here's a team, man, that right now they're sitting pretty good with one loss. And you know, you know what- all All it takes is to get into
1: the tournament. You know when they when they won the first one, Jay? What who they brought in for Eli? Plexico Burris. Plexico was an elite receiver, like a pass catcher. Man, that that was a number one receiver. We need to find out. What is Daniel Jones' ceiling? Can he be a Super Bowl quarterback? I think this receiving core needs, as Key says, it could be a tight end, it could be a, a, an outside guy. It doesn't matter who it is, but it needs to be, as Key defines it, an alpha receiver, a guy through whom you run your passing game, right? Let's see what he can do with a guy like that. Let's see how far he can take this thing.
3: Daniel can I ask you a question? Yeah. So we, we, we asked that for Daniel Jones, but we don't ask that for Aaron Rodgers?
1: No, I think that's... Part
3: of the issue for Rodgers, but a lot of people have said that. Oh no, he doesn't need. He doesn't no, need a Aaron guy Rodgers,
4: like that. Aaron Rodgers' receivers is better than the Giants' receivers, man. Yeah, and, they, and, they and we're they expecting one
1: of them to step forward eventually yeah, yeah. and develop. They better.
3: There's there are guys on the roster <laughs> with the ability to do it. I'm just saying, having one guy an elite receiver.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, can Dobbs do that? Can, can Lizard? Uh, can Liz, or, or, or or Christian uh, Lizard? Uh, uh, what's his name? Watson. Dan Orlovsky said the Bucks are done, guys. Is he
0: right? Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio everywhere you are.
6: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But
2: sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there.
0: Body language and how he looked at the podium, guy
3: who looks somewhat defeated. We just have not played well. It doesn't matter if you don't execute your job well, then it doesn't matter who's on the other side.
1: Keyshawn J. Max on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Click more on the lower right-hand corner of the app. Scroll down to live radio. You hear us on the app. If you have an app, that's really the way to listen. You take the app with you wherever you go because you have a phone. So you got us anywhere live. You can join the conversation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-CESPN, 729 seven two nine three seven seven six, And we're presented by Progressive Insurance. The question we're asking all day is, which team is more of a mess right now? Which Bay, Tampa or Green? Which old geezer, Brady or Rogers? Um, Rex says, Rex Ryan was on this show, guys. About an hour ago or so, something like that, right? It says he won't count. Tom Brady out
2: this year. Listen to this. I think at the end of the day, they're going to come out of this closer and be stronger because of it. Brady knows that this man has given him the leeway to try to get his personal life in order. I think competitively, Brady's going to get back to it. I trust that. And I think the relationship that he has with Todd Bowles is only going to grow. And so I think this team actually, like I know people are saying they're done. I don't see that. I don't see it. I think there's going to be a recommitment from this football team. And when it happens, you know, they're going to get the very best that these two individuals have in the the football team. So we'll see. I'm not calling them, uh, you know, completely done right now.
1: What
4: do you think, Key? Yeah, no, I, I you know, it's, it's hard to, to say that they're going to be completely done because just take a look at the division. Okay, yeah, they lost to Carolina in a weird fashion. I mean, I don't understand how that happened. They don't understand how it happened, that long flight back, I'm sure, from Carolina to Tampa. But in the end, when you look at it, the division, New Orleans is where they're at. Atlanta's where they're at, and Carolina's where they're at. Tampa Bay, in my opinion, could still win the division. I don't think Atlanta's going to beat them in for the division. I just, I just don't. They get healthy, they'll be fine.
3: I think they need to get back to running the ball, man. Leonard Fournette and company. I mean, Dan Orlovsky was talking about. You know, everybody knows it seems like a one-dimensional thing, right? So, I mean, what is that balance between Tom Brady? You no, know, two of the three games that they won this season, he's thrown the ball under 35 times. So, like, what is that good proportion right between him throwing the ball and them running the ball and getting that defense back on track?
1: So they have retirement on the offensive line. One, Marpet, one of their better offensive linemen. Um, they trade for Shaq Mason i thought it was a great trade to give up a fifth round pick for him i hate when people are like oh it's it was offensive line shaq mason's available for a fifth round pick and and then jensen but like they were plugging holes on the offensive line then jensen goes down right before the season with injury Man, it's a lot on the O-line. Then, Key, you combine that with receivers. You know, Gronk gone, who can block and catch in the red zone. Receivers not available to start the season.
3: It's a lot. It adds up. Julio Jones, I mean, he's been nowhere since game one of the season. Yeah. Nowhere to be found, Key. But
4: Julio Jones' best years were left in Atlanta years ago. I yeah, mean, but he's supposed
3: but, to be. You know, it
1: was all it was all the preseason hype, though. No, but he's supposed what? to be Julio Jones as a third option at receiver. When the uh, you have to worry about the other guys is a nice little weapon. Yeah. But
4: when you're relying on him to carry the load at his age, that's not going to happen. Yeah, no, not at all. Look, it, they got to fix the defense number one, and they can run the football if they fix the defense. But if they continue to throw the ball 50 times a game the defense will never get fixed. If they continue to be oh for whatever on third now, the defense will never be fixed. And so they've got to go back, take a look at what they're doing now opposed to what they did in the past and get back to what they did in the past and try and make that work. Because the season can get out of hand. I don't think it will, but it can.
1: You know, I got to tell you, I know people are high on Atlanta right now. I think they might be high on Atlanta, man, but Atlanta but
4: won one game that made some sense. Atlanta's pretty yeah, but good. They, but Atlanta's been, pretty good. Been they're been they're very not competitive great. though, Key. The Saints look cooked to man, me. Houston's been competitive too. How did that work out for them yesterday? Yeah, I know. I think I think Atlanta's
1: good. I think they're fine. I think I think the Saints are cooked. And who am I missing in the division other than the Bucks? Um, Panthers. Panthers. They have a surprise win, but come on, man, they're in sell mode.
3: I think the Bucks are going to win the division.
1: I just they you know like win they, the
3: division. Yeah, I think they will. You have to win the division. Like there's no other choice. But you, guys, if you're t- you imagine if you're Todd Bowles first year head coaching, you don't win the division.
4: Yeah. Well, here's the thing, and key, you brought this up earlier. See, you say Carolina. I mean, you say like New Orleans is cooked. New Orleans to me, they p- play stiffer t- t- down the stretch and then wind up losing in the end. Yeah, than the uh, Bucks. Than Atlanta. Oh, than Atlanta. Now remember, New Orleans is only sitting at two and five. To you know, the Bucks are only three and four. They one game yeah. ahead of them. So, it's not this division is not like, you know, just wide open to the point where, I mean, not wide open, it's wide open. You know? Anybody can win this division. You know
1: what the Saints and Bucks have in common, who were the powerhouses in the division the last bunch of years? What they have in common is they don't have the same head coach anymore. You know, like we look at the Saints, it's like, oh, there's continuity. Yeah, but it ain't Sean Payton. And when you look at the Bucks, oh, but there's continuity. Yeah, but Todd Bowles is not Bruce Arians. <laughs> one's an offensive guy, one's a defensive guy. Gee, what about head coach? Like it doesn't look good for Todd Bowles at this moment.
4: Well, you know, it it certainly, from from outsider standpoint, Todd Bowles is going to be judged and looked at based on where they were at the last two years as a team. Not even from an offensive standpoint, they won the Super Bowl with Bruce Arians. They went to the playoffs with Bruce Arians, and now they're sputtering along with Todd Bowles. That's the one thing that I do hate about all this is you got a black head coach, an African-American head coach that gets another opportunity and a chance with one of the greatest quarterbacks ever played a game, and now all of a sudden it looks like a totally different team from the last two years. People are not going to factor in injuries. People aren't going to factor in that they're doing things a little bit different. All they're going to look at is the win and loss record and say, well, see, this is why he, he didn't deserve to become the head coach of the team, which I think would be unfair, but let's be honest with each other, you know that's coming. Let them lose a game or two more. It's coming. Yeah, it right is right around the corner. And it's key, you mentioned the corner like this.
1: You mentioned racial sensitivity. You know, as a black man observing what has happened to black coaches. You was a black man. The, the fact I'm talking about what oh, key the point okay, he sorry, made
3: earlier. Max okay. didn't say me no, as a I, black I, man. I, no, I, I, yeah, that's on me. Go ahead, Max. <laughs> what but you th-
1: but <laughs> anyone with a I social hope he didn't. anyone hey, Max, anyone black? who's socially <laughs> conscious conscious can see that there's a you know. That there aren't many black head coaches in the league.
4: Yeah, yeah. And so yeah.
1: when one, when when a guy gets an opportunity, like a football lifer, been a D coordinator. <clears throat> pardon. You. Been a D coordinator, been successful at that me. level. <laughs>
4: it. yeah. oh, <laughs> it's God. contagious.
1: Stay away from me. <laughs> been, you know, been, but then gets the shot at head coach. Look, there will be. Black head coaches who succeed and those who fail just like white Man, head coaches. But know, it comes you know, attached
4: to extra stuff, right, when it's an African-American head coach? Yeah, absolutely. This is this is. – I'm thinking in my mind, this is probably the best gift-wrapped team that I've seen a black head coach take over since Tony Dungy took over Peyton Manning and Indianapolis Colts mm-hmm. that I could think of. It may I can't think of another team – that had a Hall of Fame quarterback. Oh, Ray Rose took over, but that was so long ago, and Brett Favre wasn't quite there yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Green Bay, but this is, yeah. And so when I start to look at all of that, I know how people think, man. They may not want to admit it, but you're going to start to see, oh, well, see what he did in New York. He completely ruined that. And you can see it's starting to, a little yeah, bit.
1: unfortunately, there's more weight on a black head coach than on a white head coach because there are all these. There's kind of like a sense that observers have of a responsibility to succeed, or else there are limited opportunities, or there are racial stereotypes proven that limits opportunities. And I bet that's, you that's he, a shame.
4: And I bet you he feels a little bit of that pressure too. I wouldn't he, be surprised. He, he, he has, he you know, he, he feels a little bit of that pressure because he has a responsibility and a duty to make right. The Jets move to.
1: By the way, one of the things, real quick, about white privilege that maybe goes unsaid is that you don't have that. <laughs> that that weight is not on your shoulders. You could just live your life as a, as I an individual, Max and Kellerman. and it doesn't matter, right? Like, what it just reflects on you. It doesn't reflect on a whole subset of people. Um, the Jets move to five and two after a win over the Russell Wilsonless Denver Broncos. How big a loss will Bryce? What's up, price? Brees Hall B for the Jets.
0: From your radio to your smart speaker and phone.
6: Now playing ESPN Media.
0: Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, T. Will, and Max. Live weekday mornings starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2.
5: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Pat Costello better watch his mouth about the Yankees. He's feeling pretty good about himself right now because uh, he's a Phillies good luck charm. Explain this! Pat Costello.
7: Well, I, I've been on quite the run the last couple weeks. I was at both ALDS games for the Phillies, and uh, I was at game three of the ALCS, and I was there last night when the uh, Phillies clinched to go to the World Series, Max. And uh, what Bryce Harper did with his big-time home run in the eighth inning, that's what star players do. That's what He's the big money guys home. do. Sorry, I, sorry, Aaron Judge. I'm happy that you could roll over on a ground ball when you could tie the uh, the game for your team but instead, you guys got swept. Enjoy the golf course, pal. The, by the way, the that worst was part.
3: My first question to you this morning: why I said you're down one run. You have a guy that set the record for a home run, sixty-two. Right, like there's nobody it's
7: else. Uh, he didn't set any records. So let's yeah, call okay, it yeah, he did. Whatever you want to he say. Said, he said, said there's nobody else you rather have seventh, most the home run. Nobody no, else no, you'd rather no, have great. at the plate than yeah.
3: Aaron Judge at that moment. To deliver for your team. First of all, he set the not
1: definitely, obviously, you have to be an idiot not to know he's on steroids record. That's number one. He set the
7: record for most home runs for a team swept in the ALCS. Yeah, right. That that too. But,
1: you know, I can't. The worst part about it is Pat's not wrong. I can't say anything about it. Not only does he hit home runs, he gets on base a lot. He had a terrible postseason. As, now, you can't say that they lost because of Aaron Judge. But what you can say... Well, they didn't win because... Right. Of- That's what you can say, Key. You could say that. If he had a, a, a postseason like like uh, Bryce Harper, they probably would have won.
4: Bryce Harper.
7: Can't say that. Not for he nothing. Bryce
4: Harper has great hair.
7: That Bryce Harper home run was the loudest I've ever heard a stadium in my entire life. The place was shaking. Someone threw a drink on me. It was absolute pandemonium. It was the greatest. It might be... A top three great moment in Philly sports history all time. Uh, wow. I mean, it's really the top up there? three greatest. Getting moments to the world? history.
1: Yeah, how do you figure that? The uh, top
3: three greatest moments.
7: Winning the Super Bowl is definitely number one. I was there for that. You one. mean that not wasn't Rocky in Philly, running though. the steps?
4: Rocky just as real as Santa, cuz.
7: Come on, man. I'm not even. We're not even addressing that. By the way, Key, uh <laughs> Philly's fans cheered Santa. So, ha! Jokes on Pat you, Pat
1: Costello. You're showing your young age, though. If you think that's a top three, like. There's there's the there's the Super Bowl for the Eagles you mentioned that. There's the Sixers sweeping the Lakers after Moses they got Moses Malone and he predicted 44 million. There's the there's the the Phillies in in 1980 with Steve Carlton and Mike Schmidt and
7: Pete Rose and that I mean there's a lot of Phillies. This play. home run this home run was that big. Why you to know, get him into mean, the he was world. heard
4: they he swept. didn't even know Mike Schmidt It was Schmitt Schmitt and 5
3: Pete miles Rose away did. from the stadium. Yeah, Five man. miles, yo. I All mean, right, go to, to Geno's and
4: Pat's and get a cheesesteak. No one cares. We're
3: not tourists. We're regulars. God, now two you Two in Philly in guys fraud. on the show is
1: bad enough with one.
0: Yates, too.
3: We run the whole department.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are.
1: Keyshawn J, Willamex, ESPN I this, Radio. I like this
3: song right here,
4: man, this is it. Oh man, Jay. Oh you know Key, <laughs> yeah, this is it right here, man. You know what I'm saying? Voice gets deep and everything. Max. The Still Jets. Right you know anything about this, Max? The mm-hmm. J- I
1: cannot identify the song. He doesn't drop. Me. What? No, not off top of my head. No.
4: As you go away. Woo. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> the Jets moved to five and two. With a win over Russell Wilson, less Denver Broncos. Now, the Jets, when you look back at it, like the Giants, they beat the Packers, but apparently that's no big deal right now. Now they get to play the Broncos without Russell Wilson, although to be fair, are they any worse without Russell Wilson? They're pretty bad with him. Robert Sala. calling
4: plays on the sideline look like?
1: Robert Sala, who has receipts on Keyshawn Johnson.
4: He didn't say my name. He said,
1: well, pretty much just he remember did. this, Keyshawn Johnson. Ah, we're, having, we're taking receipts. <laughs> you know, guys, before we even play the Robert Sala sound, I'm just thinking more and more key that that was actually a veteran move by Sala. On the one hand, I criticized him. You did a lot of people did. Mike Tannenbaum did. What's he doing? But if you have a young team, all of a sudden, everyone's looking at you instead of the players, and everyone's criticizing you. So he makes the receipts comment, maybe knowing this is, the heat will come on me. It'll take it off the players. And now when it's going good, he's also pushing the right button. Like, oh, nice and easy. We haven't done anything yet. Like, I, I kind of like what I'm seeing. Here he is at the post-game presser.
0: There's no quit. We don't flinch. Um, you know, they they know that whenever whenever it gets rough, they know they're 60% more, and they, they, they have completely bought in and believed what they're capable of. And, uh and I, and I think, I, you know, like I've said, I just got so much faith in our group, especially when, as the day the, the, the game gets deeper and deeper, I just feel like we get stronger and stronger. And uh, uh, and again, in the fourth quarter, I, was, uh, I think we all scored in six nothing.
4: So the team they play well late in the game, key. Yeah, no, they they did what they're supposed to do. Problem though, man, without Brees Hall moving forward, if it is an ACL, which it seems to, that to be the case. I don't know where they're going to get that extra gear from. I don't know where they're going to get that. This young man from Iowa State was really turning things on and becoming something special in the National Football League. Unfortunate, though, you know, he got taken off in a court, in a cart. So typically that just the way it looked, it looked like an ACL. It's going to be tough, again, for them to be able to get that production from somebody else.
3: Well, you're gonna need a guy like Michael Carter to step up. I will say this though, I you know how hard it is, Max, to get and I know how hard it is in basketball. I can't imagine the additional players in football to get people to buy into the culture that you've been preaching for a couple of years while the team's been losing. Like there's a there's a difference in mindset for certain teams that you could just tell losing cultures no they find ways to lose games all the time. Just find a way to lose. And when you finally have the right coach with the right system that gets belief in the players, they find ways to win those
4: this, games. This was a big year for Robert Sala though. Great. It, it it didn't start off good. Right. But then they went on and gone on a little bit of a tear. It's a big, it was a big year. Um, because in order to get somebody to buy in, you got to do what they're doing, win football games. If you're not doing those sort of things, I don't care how much you stand. It could be Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells and everybody else standing on the table, if you're not showing me how to win, you're going to lose me. Yeah, And clearly they started winning at the right time.
1: Yeah, and especially for a franchise like the Jets, where, key, it feels like nothing right ever happens for that guy, right? Nothing right ever happens for that franchise. It's been so long that that it's just always – had. I guess you're up against more if you're the head coach of the Jets. Same circumstances, but you take another team that's not branded that way in everyone's mind – and it doesn't feel like you have to overcome so much, I really tip my cap to Sala so far because I think it's an extra tough thing for a franchise where, like, it's it's like this for the Browns, it's like this for the Chargers. Some franchises you just believe will figure a way to screw it up, right? And the Jets are one of those places. So to have it going like this early in the season to
4: me is a big deal. It's a big deal. And in Jet in the New York Jets, uh, you know, you we talk about global brands in sports and in and- I believe the New York Jets are, are one of those brands, even though they hadn't won a lot, right? It just, Joe it's Namath. New York, it's Joe Namath, it's Bill, but it's New York. And people from New York live on the West Coast, the middle of the country, other places. And the little bit of success that the Jets have had came with a lot of hope. And in, in whether it was Rex Ryan, whether it was Coach Parcells when he turned things around, you just felt like, okay, this is our time, this is our time and then it becomes a letdown. Then it goes on a tear of losing for such a long time that people are stuck in misery, and now they finally are being pulled out of it, and now all of a sudden you have this thing happen to Brees Hall. So now are they going to overcome this, or are they going to go back into being stuck in misery?
1: Brees Hall, he was hurt after a 62-yard touchdown in in the Jets, 16-9, went over the Broncos. It's a likely ACL injury. By the way, the Giants had Evan Neal, their first-round pick, go down, but they believe, last I read, that he has avoided serious injury. But for the Jets, it's. I thought Hall was the guy who made the draft go from good to great because they had two picks in the first round, so they get their wide out, they get their corner, and then still the best available running back in the draft is available in the second round, and they grab him.
4: V- Vera Tucker went down, mm-hmm. too, with an elbow.
1: Yep. Yeah, man. And he was one of those guys from the year before where you go, to Mickey, SC guy, right? To me, that's just a good pick, Vera Tucker, because – whether he works out at tackle or at guard, you know at the very least he's going to be a real good NFL interior lineman. And maybe he could also make it as a tackle. But there ain't no way he's going to be bad, right? Like, uh, that's a lot to injury. Not to mention Becton, who people had high hopes for, who had a promising start to his career, right? They've, the fact that they've weathered all these injuries and here they are, playing like they are, it's a big thing to me.
4: Now can Zach Wilson take that 16-26, or for, uh, move that up to 210 yards in a touchdown with no turnovers. Now that Brees Hall is not going to be in the lineup, it seems like, can he now expand his game? Because sitting there handing the ball off to Brees Hall and throwing a screen pass here or there certainly has afforded luxury, but that luxury is over with now.
3: It also makes it a lot more difficult because people know that now they're probably going to be slinging the ball a little bit more. Right, you know, So it, it kind of makes it more one-dimensional, unless Michael Carter gets going. To me, the
1: thing about a running back, though, is what Brees Hall gives you, the premium backs, what they give you, it's not that they make something out of nothing. It's that if your line is solid, the other guy might get you three or four yards, this dude will get you four or five. But if your running game is working, to me that means there ought to be another back on the roster that you can still have a positive game plan in terms of running the ball with. Because to me, a lot of that is blocking, right? A lot of that is happening up front. But we shall see because Brees gave them a little extra. He's a dynamic player. So here's the question now in New York, guys. How will getting swept in the ALCS affect Aaron Judge's future with the Yankees? Keyshawn J. Will and Max,
0: ESPN Radio. From your radio to your smart speaker and phone.
6: Now playing ESPN Radio. Or
0: watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Live weekday morning, starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2.
5: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America.